At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to episode 67 of the Ancient World podcast. So today we're going to go back to one of the main themes of the whole podcast, which is uh, all the beauty of the ancient world, but also the balance between the rational part of our tradition and uh, the thinking and the more emotional, poetic, uh, instinctive and like the deep of the biology kind of thinking and inspiration and beauty that comes out of it and we're going to see this now back to the greek philosophy and the greek myth so this also is a continuation of the last episode when we talked about some says the philosophy and the religion in dante so this is more than in the greek world how this uh, how you can see some of the same themes and if uh, if you remember, we had this earlier about the Theogony and Hesiod, which is uh, one of the founding stories of both the Greek creation myth uh, and also shows some of the foundations of how Greek mythology, um, how they use this to, to gain some knowledge about the world and how to think about the deep issues. And then at one point, this... Uh, this period of Greek history changes into philosophy, uh, mainly with the first first recognized big philosopher, uh, Thales. So, if we go back to the to the way Hesiod is describing this with the creation myth, we start with chaos, and out of chaos emerges Gaia, Mother Earth. And then uh, Tataros, which is uh, the underworld, and then Eros, and then Nyx and Erebus. And then there's a few things with the with the words here. So chaos, the, the way the Greeks used chaos, it does not mean like a disordered mess. It means more something like nothingness or a gap. So the way Hesiod describes this, like the mythology way of describing the origins, the beginnings, is that you have nothingness and out of this emerges Mother Earth and then some other primordial deities. There's also something about this way of describing it which in some sense can mirror uh, the way <laughs> like you come into being as a young, like a, from the birth of yourself, even like as an infant, that you at some point you grow into having your own consciousness and then you're in 
uh, at that point, you, <laughs> Mother Earth is the womb that is around you. So that's one of your kind of deepest impressions on the tiny emerging brain. And then when you are born, you get into the Earth and then there's like the, the skies are born, which is the first child of Mother Earth. So she gives birth to Uranus, which is the king of, uh, or the god of the skies. And then king of Mount Olympus. So this is the way the myth is explaining it. And then Hesiod is describing. So the main point here is how they are using this. It's often seen as a transition from myth to philosophy as a progress. But you can also see it as complementary ways of, of thinking. And the myth is tapping more into the deep and the unconscious and the poetic and more like intangible parts of your brain. So Hesiod is starting his story and presentation of the world. Uh, it's not like a fairy tale, but it's, it's describing or trying to use your deep unconscious part of the brain to explain something complicated, but you do it through poetry and story. But you, he's your, he knows what he's doing rationally, or he's using a rational technique almost to invoke this emotional, instinctive, creative deep indirectly through stories. And this is how... So the, the theogony, this story is just 30 pages long, written about... 700 BC, it starts with the following. From the Heliconian muses, let us begin to sing. So he invokes the muses, and muses are the, the nine deities of inspiration, daughters of Zeus and Titan memory. And it's a way of saying that I'm go now going to stimulate or tap into the, the, the deep, unconscious, irrational deep of my, myself and make and let those parts just uh, unfold, be creative and create things. But this is not rationally controlled. I am opening some doors or some 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 flows, <laughs> and then I will let this come onto the paper. And this is also if you try to write something yourself, just a little poem or a story, you will very quickly find out how it's a bit of a mystery where the stories come from when you are creative or using your imagination and this is the same process it comes from your deep and then you you try to guide it gently but you have to make it like do its own thing when it's when it starts to flow so this is in some sense you can interpret it as that's how the whole theogony opens let us begin to sing it's like when he sits there and, and tries to write and make this whole story he wants to Open up this properly. And he continues. Who hold a great and holy mount of Helicon and dance on soft feet about the deep blue spring and the altar of the almighty son of Kronos, which is Zeus. And when they have washed their tender bodies in Permisius or in the horse's spring or Olmius, make the fair lovely dances upon highest Helicon and move with vigorous feet. So what Hesiod continues to do here is he's warming up the, the deep and the poetic in himself as a writer and we when we read it so he's making these beautiful little pictures 
the dancing on soft feet, a deep blue spring. So you're, you're gonna you stimulate different senses to to change your mood into the poetic mode, kind of. So you can be uh, you can sense that part of your brain more clearly. So that's part of this invoking it it's just saying it and then using examples to actually do it and then when you read this after a couple of minutes your your way of thinking or experiencing your own, own mind will change a little bit so it keeps going with just using beauty then stay arise and go abroad by night veiled in thick mist and utter the song with lovely voice so here you get the sound as well and more pictures like veiled in thick mist Praising Zeus, Diegis holder, and queenly Hera of Argos, the wife of Zeus, who walks on golden sandals, and the daughter of Zeus, Diegis holder, bright-eyed Athene, and Phoebus, Apollo, and Artemis. And he lists long, uh, many of the gods here from the Mount Olympus. And then he makes one more, and this is still just the opening of this document, he makes one more reference to himself and how this process is starting which is another way that he starts to tell a story which is just one more of a long sequence now of, of techniques to get us into the right mood to understand what the, the story that he's about to tell so he's saying and one day they taught hesiod glorious song while he was shepherding his lambs on the holy helicon and this word first the goddesses said to me the muses of olympus daughters of Zeus, who holds their aegis He's referencing this point where he's, he gets the inspiration. He's just walking, being a shepherd. And then he feels this, some kind of a, an urge to write that comes from within himself. But he describes it that the muses are coming to him. And then he says something very, very important here. So the first thing the goddess says to him, the inspiration, is shepherds of the wilderness, wretched things of shame, mere bellies, we know how to speak many false things as though they were true, but we know when we will to utter true things. And this is just astonishing that he puts this in the beginning as to just recognize that your imagination or the inspiration that comes is sometimes totally wrong. It can, they can speak false things as though they were true. But sometimes it's kind of pure and authentic and you get the right thing, you get the right flow, the right stream of thinking. And then it becomes something really like, then it can become something brilliant like this whole story of the, the theogeny. And then he lists a few more things and then he starts with chaos. Verily at first chaos come to me. And at that point, this is line 116. He has set the mode, the, the mental mode, so clearly that you can feel the whole story of the chaos and Mother Earth and Eros in, in the sense that he wants to express it. So that is just the example of how you can describe a beginning or you can express a philosophical thought through story and through an emotional way and using much more of your brain and your whole being to explain something. And then the contrast later is when it changes into a more rational way of trying to describe the world. For foremost then with uh, Thelis, who starts to 
to analyze rationally, consciously rationally controlled analyze where does the world, world come from, what is the origins of the world, and then you get the beginnings of the Greek philosophy. And in his case, his theory is that the, the principal origin source is water. And then he is using a word that's called ar. Often the, in the translations they use the word principle and first principle and underlying principle in Aristotle. But the word, the Greek word for principle is uh, arche. And arche means more like origin and source and beginning. So when the first principle is water, that means the beginning of everything and the origin is water. So, uh, and a couple of more on the side here, words. Mythos. Like myth comes from the Greek mythos, which means, could mean many things, like speech, thought, word, discourse, conversation, story, saga, tale, myth, anything delivered by word of mouth. And then later on, when Aristotle also talks about physics to explain the, the, the world, physics comes from physics, which is nature in, in the Greek language, ancient Greek. Okay, so we're going to stop there. Um, we just wanted to get back to this major topic about the rational and the emotional, or the conscious and the unconscious, like the con controlled logic part and the more uh, of colorful and messy and <laughs> and energetic, deep that can produce many things. And then how to create this balance. And this is also, to make the final link here, something that was the whole ideal of the Renaissance, to make this balance and to create the harmony between the storytelling and the poetic beauty and the rational, logical thinking, which is something that is also a timeless topic. And it's something you can, like it's in yourself and it's in thinking and it's in everyday life for all of us. So, uh, we're going to stop it there and uh, hope some of this was interesting and some food for thought. And uh, as always, thank you for listening and hope you have a great day. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast. So you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.